0: The Holy Gospel according to John, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branches cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine... My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one is greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So a couple months ago this summer, Uh, Along with a few other people from our church, I went to San Francisco as part of our uh, Zoe Project around uh, young adult ministry. And we visited a number of places on our trip, both in Los Angeles and San Francisco. But one of the places that stuck with me that we visited in San Francisco was a place called La Victoria Cafe, there in the Mission in San Francisco. Uh, And on our visit to La Victoria, we learned to bake sourdough bread one of the famous foods of San Francisco. And so once we had our aprons on and we would washed our hands, our group gathered back in the kitchen around a large table, and our teacher took out a big tub of starter. Now, do any of you know what starter is when it comes to baking? Oh, well, you know more than I did. Um I did not know what that was. I would have thought starter was like the instructions on the side of the Betty Crocker box when I was trying to make brownies for the kids at home. But starter is something very specific, and without it, sourdough just doesn't happen. A starter is a fermented mixture of flour and water containing a colony of microorganisms, including wild yeast and a bunch of stuff I can't pronounce. And the starter is used to make leaven and to develop the flavor of the bread. And the starter at La Victoria is an amazing 100 years old. And it's said that the oldest starter in San Francisco dates from the time of the gold rush in the mid-1800s, so maybe around 170 years old, when French bakers, also drawn by the promise of the gold rush, brought their sourdough techniques to Northern California. And the starter is added to flour and water and salt. That's it, just those three ingredients to make sourdough bread. At La Victoria, we were each given a little goopy ball of starter, and then we mixed it with our flour and water and finally salt, and we each made a little sourdough flatbread. Uh, And someone asked, you know, as we were kneading the dough, how come the starter hasn't run out? After all of these years, how does a starter last for a hundred years or more? And maybe you were wondering the same thing. Well, it turns out that the starter is carefully fed to exact specifications with flour and water so that it's, as it's added to it, it reproduces and it grows over time. They keep it going and keep it alive. And so it's this kind of symbiotic relationship. The starter gives life to the flour and the water making sourdough bread, And through water and flour, the starter is sustained, and at least in San Francisco, for almost two centuries. And when our bread was all done, we used that bread and some wine we picked up at a grocery store earlier that day, and we had communion together at the back of the cafe, breaking the bread that we ourselves had made. And to me, this church, Upper Dublin Lutheran Church, is like that starter, a starter that's been around for 264 years. (laughs) You take a little bit of that UDLC starter and add it to what each one of us brings, the simple ingredients of our own lives, and incredibly and beautifully, it becomes the bread of life. The bakers in San Francisco will tell you that in the process of making and proving and baking the sourdough bread, all those ingredients come together to create a strong structure within the bread that helps to give it its distinctive shape and texture and taste. And that UDLC starter does the same for us. It contains multitudes. It carries the DNA of this place that's been shaped by thousands and thousands of people, centuries of worship and acts of service, and it gets passed on to each of us as we become part of this community. It becomes baked into part of who we are, both individually and together. And so this is just not a place that we go or to which we belong. It becomes part of us, instilling a resilient and robust faith. Uh, This week I've been thinking about it sort of like, but in a much better way, if you remember Star Trek, the next generation, one of their enemies was called the Borg. And the Borg just went around the universe assimilating everything, like in a very awful way. But like, we're like the Borg of love <laughs> because people become part of this community and they're so moved by how welcome they are as stories we've heard in these last few weeks, how welcome they are, how loved they are, um, that they feel that they are a part of this place just by walking in the door. And just in this last week, just in these last seven days, um, All of that has been so evident and so obvious to me in the different things that we have done together. So just yesterday up in the fellowship hall we had a meal packaging event and we had 200 volunteers from our church and local rotary chapters and in five hours we packaged 80,000 meals that went out to local food pantries and some of those pantries came through the day yesterday to pick it up and I remember one of them that really touched us just said you know we can't thank you enough for this. This is going to get us through our winter months, which are so hard for us. Um, and so we said, take more, take more, take more. They were so grateful. They just couldn't say it enough. It was amazing to see all those people flood into that room for five hours and make such a difference in the world. There are 80,000 hungry people in Montgomery County, and yesterday we made a meal for each one of them. It was incredible. Um, Last weekend I wasn't here, I was at the men's retreat uh, where we had 22 of our guys, five of whom were were first-time retreatants for us up at Bear Creek Camp on our men's retreat and it was just such an easy rhythm that we fell into with everybody, whether you had been all five years or it was your first year, people just felt welcomed and at home and there was great sharing uh, that went deep and also lots of laughter and lots of fun. Uh, on Wednesday, we had a soul sister's luncheon where we had sisters in Christ sharing a meal and sharing stories and sharing their lives. On Tuesday night, we had God on Tap, and I had friends from Virginia, part of that larger community that we're a part of, uh, who just happened to be in town and joined us for that. Uh nursery school, on Tuesday morning, I did chapel with the kids, and we sang, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands, and Rise and Shine and Give God the Glory, Glory, and there's nothing more glorious than two, three, and four-year-olds singing, to God in that way. And then like as every week, there are just countless ways that people have expressed their care and concern and kindness for other people here and for people around the world. And then today, we have the fulfillment of all of the work that's gone into renovating the sanctuary. And at the last service at 9 o'clock, we had the baptism of Jack Ciccarini, Bob Topper's grandson. So Bob, who was so instrumental in coordinating all of this work, his grandson was baptized on the steps that he helped to build. Um, And Jack's sister was actually baptized on the morning that the deer broke in. Um jump through that window. If you don't know the story, we had a deer jump through that back window, walk all around the sanctuary, and then go down and jump out another window, which is the reason for all of these renovations. And so it came full circle for the Topper family uh, with the morning, the deer morning and now where everything is back in its place. And Jack became an official member of this church right here um, this morning. And so all of these things, this ferment of this week in our life together, reminds me of how Jesus describes our relationship with God and with each other in our gospel. He describes it as the vine and the branches. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me um, and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. And he explains it simply, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Our life and our love are drawn from Jesus divine, and we're grafted onto Jesus in baptism, and we receive his life. And we're grafted through Jesus to each other. We're connected and intertwined and interdependent. As St. Paul writes, we rejoice with those who rejoice, and we weep with those who weep. We give and receive and share the love and life of God together through these relationships, these experiences, and through this community, this incarnational experience of God's love and God's joy right here. Joy along with love, that sign of God's presence among us. And like that dough, we rise together. We rise to comfort and console one another. We rise to serve. We rise to share our gifts. We rise to proclaim the gospel and share God's unconditional love. We rise to try new things, not sure exactly how they're going to go. We rise to pray for the world. We rise together. And Jesus says to us, abide in me, abide in love. In our first reading, it says, Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. He says simply, God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. It's love that makes the whole thing go. Love is the starter. Love is the vine. We didn't create it. It doesn't belong to us. It's an undeserved gift that we receive and share and give away to others. And um, this morning I wanted to share our second story from Change Lives, Change the World. And it's a story of the Omloff and Hamilton family, and they come to 745, which is just worlds apart from the the 1030. It's just ages. Um, And um, their story, as I was reflecting on it, spoke to me so much about that idea of the vine and the branches, the relationships within their own family and the relationships um, that they have made in this church and how much it means to them. And we're going to show that now.
1: I was raised Catholic, I raised the girls Catholic, and I never questioned it. It was something that we did. My mom raised us as a single mom, my sister and I, and we went to Catholic school, and we went to a private Catholic high school, and through all of that, it was what we did. And it all made sense for a long time, and then until it didn't. When I walked in here for the first time, if I had to use one word to sum up the experience, I I think I would choose the word inspiring and it was outside and like services are going on and people are singing in the praise and worship band and we're like where are we? From the first day we stepped in here we felt like everyone was very welcoming. Everyone treated us like family members. Um, I do have to tell one funny story though because Catholics don't touch one another. At the Kiss of Peace they're like When we came here, I was petrified. People poured out of the pews. But now, I actually feel like if I see a new person who is at church, I wanna greet them and make them feel welcome because of how I feel about being here. It's definitely changed the way I look at Look at everything around, especially with Chosen 300, going down to the city, helping people. The one time there, I just noticed a kid without shoes, and I had my work shoes in the car. I was like, all right, I don't really need these, so I went over, took them off, handed to them. You think about what, like, what you can give back to other people, and I have never, ever, ever gotten anywhere even close to what someone has given to me. For like putting out the potatoes. You like putting out the potatoes. <laughs> When I participated in the Catholic religion, I just participated, but I feel like I can get woven into the fabric of the Lutheran religion. Through my faith, um, by being a living example for my daughter, um, like my mom was for me, that I'm growing another human that is going to do one significant thing to make someone else's life better. She has loved me.